Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission and are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word and that through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Welcome, Brother Wilson, as he comes to preach to us. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Uh, I do not like crying. If you know, if you know me, then you know I don't crying makes me uncomfortable. And so this has just been an uncomfortable few minutes uh, for me. But um, I just want to say. Uh, before, and I don't want to take too much time, but I also don't want to speed through, uh, speed through this because this this church has been uh, such an incredible blessing uh, to my life and in my life. Um, you know, a lot a lot of people didn't know. I don't know that pastor really knew or anyone really knew. Um, just kind of the difficult season that I had come out of from Bible school whenever I first moved to uh, Living Hope in Lexington Park. But I had come out of a pretty tough season, probably the toughest season of my life uh, uh, before I moved here. And this church um, just welcomed me with open arms. And what I found here was more than just uh, a group of, of people I found I found a family I really did and when you move hundreds of miles away from your family and you're living by yourself you rely on uh, you rely on people they, they really do become your family and I just want to thank this church uh, so much for for opening up your arms and welcoming me here and being uh being the body of Christ and the family uh, away from home. And, um, you know, over the last uh, couple of years, uh, you know, God has, um, you know, one, really done some incredible things, brought, brought some promises to pass in my life that uh, were made to me when I was uh, just a kid. And um, one of those being my, my recording uh, that I did here, uh, August 31st, 2018. And I want to say that I truly believe that that recording, um, and it's literally touched hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, I got, I got some stats the other day, uh, about just how many, uh, people had listened to wait on the Lord and it was in the hundreds of thousands. And that's just on radio. That's not streams. That's not, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to, for your applause. I appreciate that. I, I do. But the reason I feel like, feel that there's such an incredible anointing on that song was because of this church. And that night of that recording, um, I rem, I've, I've never been, I've been to several recordings, but I've never been to a recording quite like that recording. Um, and it wasn't, I truly believe this, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of, how awesome I am, but I really believe the spirit of this church, the 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 worship uh, uh, atmosphere and spirit of this church was was transferred to that recording that night. I truly believe that, and I had several friends, several people uh, come up to me and say, "Man, like what this this church is incredible! Like what what are you what what is this?" And I said, man, this is just how we have church at Living Hope every single Sunday. This is, this is what we do. And that meant so much to me personally that you guys would show up and support. And I want you to know that by doing that, you've, you've literally impacted hundreds of thousands of lives. And I thank, I thank you so much for that. And it's just been an honor. Uh, and I know I'm taking a little bit of time, but... I just I want to publicly say these things. It's been such a tremendous honor to work with each and every person 
on the worship system. Don't we have an awesome, incredible worship team? Amen. And there, I could go down the list with every single person that's on the worship system and just brag on how awesome they are. And, you know, I've told them already, you know, it's, uh, there's, you can only do so much. And I, I came here and I, and I, I pushed us a little bit, but the growth that we've seen has been because these men and women have desired to grow and they've done the hard work, they've prayed, they've honed their craft, and you deserve uh, to be honored for that because there's, there's so much work that you've done to grow in the way that you have, and I just want to tell you that I am incredibly honored. It's been an incredible honor to, to work and serve you, and I believe, I know that the best days are ahead. Amen. Amen. And I, I also want to uh, want to honor um, Brother Roberts and Sister Roberts. Thank you so much for your leadership and your um, your just constant guidance that you guys have given over the last six and a half years. And uh, if you know something about me, you know something about Brother Roberts you know we're kind of polar opposites in some areas. So I'm sure there have been times that I've driven Brother Roberts crazy with how creative and sporadic and unorganized that I am. Uh, but he's always been so kind and so uh, supportive of me and uh, has, has found a way to, to challenge me in a constructive way, never in a way to tear me down or be critical, but it's always been constructive. And Brother Roberts, I really appreciate that. I really love and appreciate you and Sister Roberts. And, and you guys mean a lot to me. Um, and last but not least, Pastor and Sister Valerie. Um, when, I, when I moved here, um, my pastor that I grew up under, Brother Jerry Ramsey. I didn't know it at the time, but he was very sick. And I thought that God was just moving me out of nursing school and to Urshan College because I was gonna go there and graduate um, and you know be there four years and who knows what would have happened uh, after that. But I, I've been, I am convinced that God moved me here uh, not only so that I could hopefully contribute, but God also moved me here, I really believe, to be under the leadership of Pastor and Sister Valerie Staten. And I think I've told them, but if I haven't told them, they've, they've been lifesavers for me. They really have. Whenever I came here, I was a bit... Um, uh, I guess you could say hurt. I had been hurt by leadership. Some things that happened in my home church with uh, uh, a man that I admired very much around the same age as, as pastor. And my trust in, in ministry and, and, and the man of God was a, a bit wounded. But when I came here uh, and I was able to sit under the leadership of pastor and sister Valerie Staten, I was able to see that there are still people who really love God and love truth and are the real deal. Um, and I've learned a lot from Pastor, um, his preaching and what he does in the pulpit. We've all learned so much from him. But the thing that I appreciate about Pastor Staten is his life. And there have been so many times that I've just watched the way that he lives his life, the way that he treats Sister Valerie, the way that he uh, treats his girls, the way that he treats his family, the way that he loves and pastors this church. And the biggest impact that both he and Sister Valerie have had on me is just the way that they live their lives. And it's just been such an incredible honor, Pastor and Sister Valerie, to be here under y'all's leadership. And I, I honor them. There's so much of that that I could say. Uh, about them, but it has been the greatest honor of my life to be here under their leadership and to be here at this church. And 
um, Riley, Dakota, Brooke, Cameron have all just been like little sisters to me, and I love them so much. They're so incredible, so talented, so anointed, and I, I thank you guys for taking me in when I first moved here and um, for just making me a part of the family, and it, it's really meant a lot. And so I just, I honor you guys. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me personally. Uh, it's just it's just been, again, the honor of a lifetime, and I'm grateful to God for it. Amen. All right, got that over with. Amen. Why don't you stand? And I do feel that God has given me a word for today, and I pray that I can deliver it, amen, in the way that it's just kind of been given to me. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles to um, Samuel, First Samuel chapter 17? First Samuel chapter 17. And we'll start reading at verse 29. I just lost my notes. So, uh, Matt, brother Matt, can you can you grab that those notes for me? My my little thing is in the in that resource room. I'm so sorry about that, but I really want to have those notes, and they just shut down on me. That's why you print your notes. Amen. I'm gonna give him my iPad so that he can do that. And why don't you take a second and why don't you just talk amongst yourselves and let me let me get this. I really, really want to be able to deliver this in the way that I can. First Samuel chapter 17, and we'll start reading at verse 27. Amen. The Bible says, And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David replies in verse 29 and says, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. I want to preach with the help of the Lord today on this title, Not Only a Call, But Also a Cause. Not Only a Call, But Also a Cause. Why don't you put your Bibles down and I want you to lift up your hands and why don't we just pray together, God? I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would speak in this room today, God. I pray that you would have your way. I pray right now that your anointing that we've already felt in this room would continue to flow. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come on right now. Can we just create an atmosphere of worship? Come on right now. Can we just create an atmosphere of praise and worship unto God? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God, we pray that your power and that your glory would move in this room right now. God, speak in this place, oh God. We give you praise and we give you glory, oh God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Now, why don't you clap your hands and why don't you give the Lord some praise in this room? Come on, why don't you lift up your voice right now in worship? Come on, why don't you lift up your voice right now in adoration and praise unto God? Jesus, we worship you and we praise you. Come on, right now, can we just charge the atmosphere with worship? Come on, can we just charge the atmosphere with praise? Come on, can we just charge the atmosphere with the presence of God right now? God, we lift you up, oh Jesus. God, we worship you in this place. We magnify you, oh God. We glorify your name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to try not to be too awfully long today. I know we've kind of had some preliminaries. But if you would, just stick with me. I feel like God has given me a word today. Amen. The food was probably going to get cold. There was no way around it because they would not sit down. Perhaps it had been hours now that they had summoned for him. And he was still not there, but they would not sit down until he came. He'd gone down the line with the others, but none of them were it. Others who seemed qualified and primed for the anointing of God to be poured out in their lives. Those who looked the part and seemed eager yet in their hearts beyond what man could see. The purity and sincerity lacked and they were not it. God had sent him here. He knew that for sure. And if there was one remaining, he had to be it. And so they, understanding the colossal implications of this moment, were so intensely focused on fulfilling their mission that they would not sit down until he came through those doors. So they waited, perhaps for hours. How can we really know? But one thing I do know is while they were waiting, they would not sit down too important was this task for their posture to be so lax as to be seated divine destiny was about to be poured out and after what seemed like a million years through that old wounded wooden door they heard the sound of footsteps sauntering on the gravel approaching the house and not soon after the door creaked open and David steps through it The Bible says that Samuel, that man who would not sit down, takes the horn of oil and in the midst of his brethren anoints David as king of Israel. That day because of the determination of one man not to sit down, the call of God is placed on David's life to lead a revival in the nation of Israel. Allow me at the onset of my message today to liken the church. And more specifically, this church to that of Samuel, David, and the nation of Israel. Just as Samuel experienced the disappointment of delayed anointing, this church many times has experienced this same disappointment. Don't get me wrong. We've seen God do great things in the history of this church. Because one man and his family answered the call of God on their life. We've seen God raise up an apostolic church from a living room to the space that we now occupy. But more importantly, because of one man answering the call, we've seen hundreds, possibly thousands, be filled with the Spirit of God. And thus a vibrant body of believers has firmly been established in this city. But I've come to preach to someone today that we have not yet seen what God, all that God has for this church. I think we all would agree that we haven't even scratched the surface of what God has for this church. God has made this church powerful promises. Promises that God would pour out his spirit in supernatural ways. Promises of supernatural healings and miracles being poured out. Promises, pastor of a 10,000 soul harvest. 
prophetic visions of regional impact that was spread to global revival. We've been assured that God's hand is on this church and that a peculiar anointing would be released. However, we have yet to see these things come to pass. And if we allow it, the shadow of delay will darken our spirits. There have been seasons that we as a church, like Samuel, have thought, surely this is the time. Surely this is the season. Surely God is about to do what he promised and pour out his anointing. And we will begin to walk in the fulfillment of our calling. But time after time, the anointing has been delayed. And it will be easy to give up it would be easy to throw in the towel it would be easy to become comfortable with where we are quit believing there is more fold our arms give up and sit down but I've come to preach a word to this church today under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that it is not time to sit down it's not time to fold our arms and give up on what God has promised this church. But it's time to give, make up our mind. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to pack up. I'm not going to let up. But it's time to make up our mind. We're going to grow up, look up. And if you're already sitting down, that you're going to make up your mind. I'm going to get up. I come to tell somebody the anointing of God is on this church and we're getting ready to walk into the greatest revival and harvest that we have ever seen. Come on, somebody. I know that it hasn't happened like you wanted it to yet, but don't you dare sit down. I know it hasn't come like you wanted to come yet, but don't you dare sit down. I know you haven't seen revival like you've seen it yet, but I've come to tell somebody, if you make up your mind, I'm not going to sit down. Revival and harvest is just around the corner. my God, I've come to preach to someone today whose loved one is lost. You've come too far to give up now. Don't you give up. Don't you sit down. You're almost there. You're about to walk into the greatest season of anointing you've ever seen. I would to God that there be somebody with a determination in their spirit like Samuel that could say, I know I hadn't seen it yet, but I'm eager. I'm waiting. Today could be the day. This year could be the year. This month could be the month that God pours out his anointing. So I'm not going to sit down, but I'm I'm chomping at the bitch. You may try to hold me back, but I'll knock you down because I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The anointing is about to be poured out. I wish somebody would act like it right now. I wish somebody in their spirit would say, I'm not sitting down. Devil, you may have knocked me down, but rejoice not against me. Oh, my enemy, when I fall, I'm not sitting down. I'm not going to stay down. But I'm getting back up. Come on, you may be down, but you're not out. Get up again. You may be down, but it's not over. Get up again. I wish somebody would turn to their neighbor right now and say it's time to get up. It's time to get up, living hope. It's time to get up. It's time to go up. Come on, God is getting ready to do what we've never seen before. We're getting ready to see. Come on, the anointing of God is on us like never before. And I'm not going to sit down, but I'm going to get up and I'm expecting for God to move. Come on, I will not be quiet. Come on, I'm not going to be silent, but I'm going to move. I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to sit here. Read it. The Bible says that Samuel says, until David walks through those doors, I will not sit down. 
My mind is reminded of the lepers that were going, experiencing a famine in the Bible. And you know the story. They were sitting down. And the Bible says that they look one at another and say, why sit we here until we die? Why sit here and let an opportunity for God to pour out his anointing go away from me? But the Bible says that they made up their mind that they're not going to sit down, but they got up. And the Bible says they marched into that camp and they got victory that day. I've come to remind somebody. I've come to encourage somebody in this place. It's time for you to get up. I know you've been knocked down. I know it hasn't happened yet like you thought it would. But come on, somebody. It's time to get up again. You may have been knocked down 10 times, but get up 10 times. You may have been knocked down 11 times, but get up 11 times. Whatever you do, just don't sit down. Whatever you do, just don't be still. Whatever you do, make up your mind. I'm going to go and be what God has called me to be. Come on, prayer warrior, don't quit praying. Come on, worship leader, don't stop singing. Come on, mama, don't quit praying. I know it's been a long time, but I'm telling you, David is coming. Anytime now, he's getting ready to walk through those doors. I'm telling you, anytime now, the anointing, the power of God is getting ready to be poured out. Come on, get up, get up, get up, saint of God. Get up, get up. I believe that God is getting ready and already has begun to pour out what has been with this church, a delayed anointing, a delayed anointing. And if Samuel had allowed the delay to get a hold of him, then Samuel never would have anointed the next generation and the call of God will never would have been poured out on David. But Samuel had enough determination in his spirit that he said, God, you know what you're doing even when I don't know what I'm doing. You can see beyond what I can see. And some of us right now, we've gone through disappointment after disappointment, delay after delay. God is just a season. No, that's not it. God is just a person. No, it's not it. And we said, God, are your promises true? Are you really getting ready to do what you said that you would do? And in our spirits, we want to sit down. And in our spirits, we want to give up and we want to throw in the towel but come on somebody get your faith back today to get up one more time get your faith back today to pray one more time get your faith back today to fast one more time praise one more time worship one more time dance one more time sing one more time because I'm telling you right now David is getting ready to come through those doors and the anointing will be poured out Come on, somebody, if you believe that, uh, I wonder if you clap your hands uh, and give God praise. I believe God is getting ready and already has begun to pour out what has seemed to be a delayed anointing on this church for the peculiar call he has. For us. And many times, whenever this, whenever we finally start to begin to taste of that call, when we begin to taste of what God is doing in our life, we can begin to settle. And although I've come to tell somebody to get back up again in your spirit. I've also come to tell somebody that when God does what only God can do, when the anointing of God falls on your life 
And I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, it's getting ready to fall. When the power of God is poured out on this church in the way that God wants it to be poured out, hear me in this place. There's got to be more than simply a call that you rely on because God is looking for someone that will not only answer the call, but also know that there is a cause for which you were called. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Listen to them who are the called. There is always a calling. There is always a calling that is poured out on your life. There's always an anointing that God wants to pour out on your life. But can I tell you, the call alone is incomplete. Because if all you have is a call, but you have no purpose, then all you have is a position. If all you have is a call, and you have no why as to why you're called, all you're doing is simply repeating what anybody else can do. But I've come to tell somebody... Not only is there a call, but there is also a cause. All things work together for them that love God. To them who are the called. First there's a call. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, uh, not only do you have to be called uh, in order for you to experience uh, that everything is going to work together for your good. uh, Not only do you have to be called uh, for you to experience revival and outpouring and harvest in your life. Not only do you have to be called, uh, but you also have to have a cause. All those that are called are according to his purpose. The call is not enough for a call without a cause ends in calamity. Saul, that king before David, had known just like David knew what it was like to feel the anointing of God on his life. To have divine destiny spoken over his life. To be called to something greater than himself. But somewhere along the way, Saul lost the cause. Somewhere he forgot that he wasn't simply occupying a position. Somehow Saul forgot that there was a cause for his call. How could this happen, you may ask? To someone who is so favored of God. I've come to tell somebody that it was pride that caused Saul to fall and forget his cause. Saul became so prideful in his calling and the position that it afforded him that he forgot his purpose. And because he forgot the cause in his call, Saul ends up on a battlefield somewhere taking his own life. I've come to preach to somebody, don't let pride be the vice that leads you to forget the cause. I've come to preach a word to someone in this place today. We can never get so caught up in our position that we forget our purpose. Living hope, the anointing of God is on this church, but it isn't unto us. There is a God purpose to this. We aren't in this because there is something in it for us, but there is a purpose greater than us. There is a risen bigger than us. It's not about us. Come on, somebody. It's time to remember that your colleague is motivated by the cause of God on your life. I would to God uh, that somebody today uh, would think about not only the call, but the cause. Uh, I'm not in this simply to come to church uh, and go through the motions. Uh, I'm not a worship leader simply because uh, I'm called to be, uh, but I'm a worship leader because there's a cause. Uh, There's a lost and dying world out there. I preach the gospel not because I'm called, uh, but there's a cause. Uh, I spread the truth uh, of God's word uh, not only because I'm called, uh, but there is a cause. Uh, There is a purpose there is a reason come on somebody you need to remember in this place today uh, that God has brought you in the kingdom for such a time as this Uh, there is purpose on your life Uh, come on the anointing of God uh, it's getting ready to fall on us uh, like we've never seen it before but Saul uh, in the midst of the anointing being poured out uh, don't you forget the reason why it's being poured out Saul, not only a call, 
but also a cause. And Saul, when he gets so anointed, gets so lifted up in pride, and the Bible lets us know that he forgets his cause. I'm anointed. I'm Saul. I'm the king. And everybody has to do what I have to, what I say to do. I'm an apostolic Pentecostal, don't you know? Don't you know that God's anointing is on my life? Don't you know that because I have the Holy Ghost, I'm going to heaven and, 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 and I'm, 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 I don't mean to tell you, uh, tell you this, but, uh, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit better than you and I can get comfortable because you see, you're not saved, but I'm saved. And, and so I can get comfortable and, because I'm called and I have a position and my calling and my election is sure. And all of a sudden, we forget the cause of why God even placed his anointing on us in the first place. And can I preach to somebody? Can I preach to living hope? God didn't place the call on our lives for us to sit back, fold our arms and say, my God, we're going to heaven someday. Come on, somebody. But God placed a call on your life so that you can understand that there are people attached to you. There are people attached to your calling. There are people attached. Not only is there a call, but there is also a cause. Come on, somebody, if you're going to wake up in this place and say, God, I, I don't want the call. I just don't want position. I don't just want those things, but I want to be involved in the cause. I wonder right now if you lift up your hands and begin to pray in this place. Not only a call. I'm glad the anointing is on your life. I'm glad purpose is on your life. I'm glad destiny is on your life. Saul, but Saul, don't you forget. It's not only a call, but there is a cause attached. I'm telling this church right now. God is getting ready to do something. Some of you are getting ready to walk into incredible anointings. God is preparing some of you for the calling and the purpose on your life that you've only dreamed and imagined. But don't you ever forget the cause. Don't you ever forget that God picked you up and turned you around. Don't you ever forget Saul where you were when God found you. Don't you forget Saul that you were the least of these and nobody ever gave you a shot and nobody ever gave you a chance but God picked you up placed his anointing on your life and you've never been the same but Saul it's not for you but there is a cause there is there is a cause Saul when he is anointed Gets lifted up in pride and forgets his cause. But David, David was different. See, David understood that when the anointing gets placed on your life, it's not about you anymore. And it's not David's call that leads him out to a battlefield to face Goliath. No, but David's famous words in our scripture text lets us know what his motivation was when he says, is there not a cause? You see, David could have been prideful like Saul when he came out to the battlefield. Don't you know that just a few days ago the anointing was poured out on my life? Don't you know a few days ago that I was out in the field watching the sheep and they called me back to the house and in the midst of all my brothers, God anointed me. He could have been lifted up in pride. He could have been lifted up in what God had done in his life. But you see, David understood that it's not only a call, but it's also a cause. God has not called me for me, but God has called me because there's a purpose on my life. Don't you know that I'm the next king? Don't you know that I am David? But can I tell you 
that David did not do this. Why? Because he had a cause. And when you have a cause, it will push you even beyond your what your calling requires. Because when you remember your cause, it will push you so far beyond anything that you've ever imagined and into supernatural doors. Living hope. I've come to tell somebody in this place today, and Pastor preached about it earlier this year, that God is getting ready to give this church more. God is getting ready to give this church more than average. Come on, God is getting ready to pour out an extraordinary anointing in this church. Why? Because there is a cause and somebody has to be like David and say, I know it's my calling to be the king. I know it's my calling to sit upon the throne. Nobody's making me go out and face a giant, but I see a need. I see my people are lost. I see my people are perishing. I see a need and because there is a need, I'll go beyond the call and I'll go for the cause. Can I tell somebody there is a called, there is a world that needs me to be radical. There is a world that needs me to be bold. When there is a calling on your life, David said, I don't need position. All I need is purpose. And if I have purpose, then I'm going to be everything that God has called me to be. Some of you in this place have made the excuse, I don't know what my calling is. Brother Wilson knows what his calling is. He's called preach and to sing and pastor knows what his, his calling is and brother Roberts knows what his calling is but I don't know what my calling is and so therefore I can't do anything I've come to tell somebody in this place today uh, for you to be used by God uh, you don't need a call uh, all you need is a cause uh, come on somebody the Bible says that whatever your hands find to do uh, you need to do it with all your heart uh, and some of you have made excuses I don't know come on but I've come to tell somebody you don't need to have a call uh, all you gotta know uh, is that there is a cause uh, all you gotta know is that there's somebody that needs what you have uh, all you gotta know uh, is that there's somebody that needs uh, the power of God that is on your life come on somebody we're not just doing this because we have nothing better to do God didn't anoint you because he wanted you to be poured but come on there is a reason you were called there is a reason come on somebody I've come to preach to somebody that it was the call that put the crown on David's head. But it was the cause that put a sling in his hand. It was the call that made Esther a queen. But it was the cause that made her a savior. It was the call that led Joshua into the tabernacle with Moses. But it was the cause that kept Joshua in the tabernacle even when Moses left. Come on somebody. I've come to admonish you. Move beyond the call and realize that there is a cause come on I wonder right now if you lift up your hands and lift up your voice and begin to pray right now Esther, you could be content in the palace. Esther, you could be content with all your royalty and all your crown and all your jewels. But Esther said, God did not call me simply for me to sit on the sidelines. But there are people that are attached to me. Not only is there a call, but there is a cause. Not only a call. But also a cause. I would to God that we will feel the weight right now of why we do what we do. I wonder right now if God would just allow us to feel the weight of eternal destinies that are attached to us right now. And you feel insignificant. And you feel like God can't use you. And you feel like you've done too much and you've gone too far. But can I tell you today that God's anointing is here. And when God's anointing is poured out, it's not so you can sit on the sideline. But I've come to tell you there is a cause attached to you. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have a lot of talents in the world to tell your testimony. You don't have to have a lot of 
of talents uh, to tell somebody about Jesus. Uh, come on. Uh, but if there is a passion uh, in your spirit that will rise up and say, uh, I may not be talented. I may not have all the callings uh, that everybody else has, but I realize uh, that there is a cause uh, and therefore uh, I will not be uh, bridled. Uh, I will not be quiet. Uh, I will not be silent. Uh, but I've got to tell somebody about Jesus. Uh, I've got to reach somebody. I've got to tell somebody that God uh, is doing something for their lives. There's a cause. There's a cause. There's a cause. The dimension of anointing that God is getting ready to take this church in is not going to be accomplished. The power and the revival that God has for this church is not going to be accomplished simply by people working in their call. But some of us are going to have to move beyond our call. I, want you, I really want you to get this today. No, God did not speak to David and say, David, I want you to go out to the field and face Goliath. God had anointed David for something completely different. God had called David for something completely different down the road. But this is what I want to preach today. Can I tell somebody that the call and the cause are connected? And David knew if I do not do something if I do not operate because there is a cause, I will never get to my call. And the trick of the enemy is to try to convince some of us today that just because we've been called, that we'll always be called. And just because the anointing is on our lives, that the anointing will always be on our lives. But can I tell somebody in this place that the same way that God removed his anointing off of Saul and put it on David, God will do the same for us. If we don't make up our mind, God, we're not in this for us. We're not in this for Come on, live in hope. God, don't send revival somewhere else, but send it to Lexington Park. Don't send revival to some other city, but send it here. Because, God, I know there is a cause. God, I know that there is a purpose. God, I know there is a destiny for my life. Lift up your hands and pray right now in the Holy Ghost. Let it not be said of this church as it was said of Saul that we got so caught up in our call that we forgot the cause and the anointing left us and went somewhere else. But let it be said of this church that we were like David and said, God, I will do whatever it takes. I will do whatever I have to do. I'll get a sling in my hand and some rocks in my hand and I'll take down a giant if that's what it takes to preserve my cause and the call. There is a cause, young person. You're not in your school by accident. There is a cause. There is a cause, man. You're not in your job for no reason. But there is a purpose. There is a cause attached to your call. We find that David says, I've been called, but God, I'm not only going after your call, but God, I'll go simply because there is a cause. What was it that motivated David? What was that purpose? What was it that caused David to go beyond what he had to do? What was it that caused David to go beyond obligation and move into the realm of faith and action to slay that giant 
Goliath. Can I tell you that in this place today, that what motivated David, the cause for which David strolled out into that valley of Elah with a sling and some stones, the cause for which David marched out in faith and belief in God was because there were a people that were watching what David and what was what David and what Goliath did. The Bible says that David, when he understands what's at risk, when he understands that there is something that his call in this moment could not minister to, the Bible says that David in verse Number 46 of Samuel chapter 17 says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth. Listen, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47 and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword, with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Saul or David rather understood that the reason that I am not going to allow for me to get cooped up and comfortable in my call. It's because there's a group of people watching me right now that if I don't get a hold and remember my cause, they'll believe that God can do what what I know my God can do. You see, David had been out in the field. David had been out in the pastures. David had seen God do things before. But David knew uh, that there were a host of people. There were people, the Bible says, the assembly was gathered. It was people in that valley that did not understand and know uh, the power of God. And David said, uh, if I sit here uh, and I be quiet, uh, if I sit here uh, and do nothing, uh, my generation will grow up believing uh, that we have to do things this way. My generation will grow up believing that the Philistines are more powerful than the God that I serve. But David said, I will not settle for that. I will not go for that. But I will let my cause cause me to do something that I've never done before. And I'm marching out to the valley and I will slay that giant Goliath. Come on, somebody. God is getting ready to do something in this place. But you got to remember the cause. And the cause is there is a lost and dying world that has never heard that Jesus saves. There's a lost and dying world that's never heard that Jesus can deliver. There's a lost and dying world that's never heard the power of the gospel and David I know you've been out in the field and David I know you've slain a bear and David I know you've slain a lion and David I know you've experienced the anointing of God and David I know you've experienced being in the midst of your brethren and the anointing of God being poured out on your life but David there's a group of people in the valley right now that have never experienced what you experienced there's a group of people in the valley, David, that have never experienced uh, what you have on your life. Uh, and so, David, you've got to make up your mind uh, that I'm not going to be motivated by my call, uh, but I will be motiva motivated by a cause. Uh, and I will go out to the valley and I will fight. Uh, come on, somebody in this place today. Uh, I've come to tell you today that there is a world uh, that is dependent on you answering not only the call, uh, but remembering your cause. Let me tell you what living hope is really good at. We're really good at the call. The call is your what. The call is what you do. But the cause is why you do what you do. And some of us have been in church so long that we're really good at what we do. We're really good at staying in our lane and occupying the call of God on our lives. But the moment an opportunity is presented for us to go outside the call into the cause like David did, we stand back and say, God, I don't know about that. 
And God is saying the whole reason that I placed my anointing on you in the first place is so when this opportunity comes, you can move beyond your comfort zone. You can move beyond what you've always known and move into a realm of action. And my anointing will be upon you and people will be saved. I've come to tell somebody in this place today, Living Hope, we cannot simply be a church that lives in the call. We simply cannot be a church that lives in the purpose. That lives in the call, but there's got to be purpose on our life. There's got to be something that motivates our actions. Not only a call, but also a cause. I wonder if you would stand all across this room right now. I believe today that when David, or rather when Samuel walked into the house of Jesse, Samuel knew that God was getting ready to pour out his anointing. And the Bible says, you know the story, one after another, every one of David's brothers came. And Samuel thought, surely this one is it. God would say no. Surely this one is it. God would say no. The Bible says, and you know the story, the Bible says that God speaks to Samuel and says, Samuel, I know that man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. And right now, I know it seems like Eliab and all these other brothers have it all together on the outside. But you know what? They may be okay with a call. They may be okay with a position. They may be okay with the prestige that comes with the anointing that I would pour out on their life. Maybe they would operate in the call. But I'm looking beyond that external. I'm looking into the interior. I'm looking into their heart. And beyond what you can see, I see in them. A dedication to the call, but not a dedication to the cause. But there is a young man in the field right now. And on the outside, he he may not look like much. And on the outside, he may be young. And it may seem like he's incapable of me ever using him. And it may seem like he's the the unlikely uh, candidate for my anointing and for my power to be poured out on his life. But can I tell you, Samuel, there's something inside of him that I see. And it's something that says, God, if you pour out that anointing on my life, I'm not going to be motivated by that call. But God, I understand the reason. And I will be driven by the cause. And so all across this room, I wonder if you would come to the front right now. And I wonder if you would lift up your hands in this place, if you would say, God, in this next season of what you're getting ready to do, I'm getting ready, we're getting ready to see your anointing poured out in an incredible way, God. We're getting ready to see your power and your spirit poured out in an incredible way. But God, I don't want to be only motivated by my call. I don't want to only be motivated by, Lord God, what I feel right now in this moment. But God, I understand that there is a cause. I understand that there is somebody out there right now who's attached to my cause. And so, God, I will rely not only on the call, but also on the cause. Would you lift up your hands right now in this room and would you begin to pray? Come on, would you lift up your hands right now in the room and would you begin to seek the face of God? Come on, somebody, I would to God that somebody in this place today would say, God, I want you more, Lord God, than I've ever wanted you before. I don't want just a calling, but I want a cause on my life. In the name of Jesus, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Yes, Lord, not only a call, Jesus, but also a cause in my life. Jesus name in Jesus name oh God I believe today that souls are getting ready to be added to this church but God it's only going to come when we move beyond the call until we realize the cause oh God in Jesus name in Jesus name 
Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you.